2: They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. He a whole burst through a Twenty Steps a tackle, runs left. 25 still on his feet. 10. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running
1: back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on, and he's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart.
3: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams offensive back Michael Stewart. And we're here for the post game. And we kind of wish we weren't. Kind of. Alright, we really... I don't even know what to say. Mike, do you know
2: what to say? Well, uh, as always, it's always good to just speak the truth. So I guess we'll do that.
3: Speak the truth,
2: <laughs> and the truth shall set you free. Set you free, indeed.
3: Well, we we did a pregame <laughs> podcast on on this game. We did this pregame, and we didn't have a whole lot to say because we knew the reality was it's all about the trenches. And when we look back at today's game. A 22 10 loss by the Rams. That's all it really came down to. That, I mean, that's just the reality of it. It's all it came down to was 22 10. Offensive line, defensive line. We knew it was how it's going to be. And that's how it went. I mean, what else do you what else have to say?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding on a day like today. Uh the line has been struggling thus far all year. Again, my contention continues to be and it'll probably be throughout the season, is you have to play during the preseason. You gotta get a lot of that stuff worked out, not just in uh controlled scrimmages, but in actual live game where the speed is dialed up a little bit more. If you don't do that, I think this is what we're getting. Not, I think. We see what we're getting, and it's just a little bit of a mess right now. So they got to get that figured out in a hurry.
3: I mean, it's fixable. You look at next week's game, it's home to the Panthers. I mean, that should be a win. Should be, being the key word. Then you look down the next three games of that, it's four Niners, Tampa, and Arizona. I mean, all of those games are winnable. None of those teams are really all that scary. The Niners are playing great defense, but... That their offense is not going to scare you. Um, they have the Rams number for the most part. But, I mean, these aren't scary games. It's fixable. But I kind of want to go a little bit deeper into this game in terms of what we saw. Because the numbers tell you one thing. And they, they give you a good foundation. But then when you look at just... I mean, I would challenge anyone. Don't just take our word for it. Go back... And look at film. You know, if you are, you know, it, if you question anything, if you think we're full of it, that's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. Go back and watch the film on the game. Many of you are DB DV, are DVR. Most of our listeners are are casual. There are those, there are those diehards who go back and they'll want to check on us a little bit in terms of check our facts, and they they will they'll see a few things and i'm going to point out in a minute i guess before we do what we need to do is go out there and let our sponsors get their word in so here's a word from our sponsors we're driven by the
0: search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
3: All right, Mike, you ready to hear these numbers? I am. All I right, think. here we go. And let's, I'm not going to say who it is again. I'm just going to say team one, team two, and see how you view it, okay? All right, first downs, team one, 10, team two, 14. Total plays, 53 for team one, team two, 64. Total yards, 239 for team one, 323 for team two. Yards per play, 4.5 for team one. for Team 2. Passing yards, 76 for Team 1, 285 for Team 2. Yards per pass, 4.0 for Team 1, 5.8 for Team 2. Team 2 does have an interception. Sacks allowed, 3 for 26 yards for Team 1, 5 for 35 for Team 2. Team 1, 163 rushing yards. Team 2, 38 rushing attempts, 34-15 for Team 1. Here we go, red zone, both teams are 0-2, for penalties 5 for team 1 and 3 for team 2. Time possession is is nearly even, 29-30 to 30-30. So if you didn't know who won the game, um, who would you think won the game, team 1 or team 2, based off those numbers?
2: Well, you would probably think, you know, I I was writing a little few of them down, total yards and, you know, total passing yards. You would probably think, I would say, team two.
3: Yeah, and that's the Rams. The Rams are team two. They lose 22-10. The big thing that is not so easy to see there, the Rams turned the ball over three times today.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, And uh, two of those are late, late tries. You You can understand a little bit blocked punt it doesn't show up very well um but it I mean it's all this frustration the rams were in the game in the fourth quarter they weren't they weren't done so what's the problem what's the problem at the root of it well how about this check this out no rams rusher has rushed for more than 61 yards in any game this season Cam Akers, 33 yards today, leading rusher, 2.5 per carry.
2: That's not going to get it done. That is
3: not going to get it done. No, it's not. And, And to the Rams' credit, by the way, in the first half especially, they really did try to establish the run. And when Dallas adjusted, the Rams didn't. They, they didn't find an answer. And it goes back to what we were talking about. Were there any jet sweeps in this game of note?
2: Not of note. There was like one. One, one right?
3: One for four yards. Uh, what about a screen, a, a, a running back screen?
2: Not a running back screen. They, I think we saw a tight dra- end screen, didn't we? Right.
3: Okay. Um, well, Did they do anything else to try and pull, to divert the pass rush at all? Or just the rush at all?
2: Oh, not at all. There wasn't really an adjustment on that. I mean, all you have to do is find Michael Parsons. I'm just going to keep swinging the back to his side. If you don't drop off, I'm just going to hit the back real quick. But, you know, again, I'm just amazed at the type of money that, especially our head coach is making and other coaches are making Collectively, you just think that they would be able to adjust a little bit sooner, a little bit quicker, and a little more efficiently. But it's almost like they say, well, we got this game plan. We're going to stick to it regardless.
3: Well, I mean, and to the, again, to their credit, they tried to run the football. They did. It's just that when Dallas stiffened up, what next? And I go back to 2019 and, and that year where the offensive line was a hot mess too. And I think about, what did we kind of figure out as the year went on? Was, was Sean McVay getting tunnel vision? Or was Sean McVay limited with what, what he could do because his offensive line was so bad? And I I came to realize towards the end that he really was limited by... His offensive line and, and and of course the end result being what happened with Jared Goff. This time around there were some plays today and I don't know if you caught them. There was one I think it was a Parsons sack. It was I think it was a Parsons sack where we saw the end rush around the right tackle. Havenstein. Where Havenstein just kind of puttered along. And and I go back to one of the early sacks of the game as well, the up up the middle with Cologne, just kind of putter there along. There was no urgency and very little footwork from this offensive line. And I'm talking about the veterans too. I'm not just talking about the the young guys. And that concerns me a lot. It's not just that they are not used to each other. But they didn't move well. They didn't move well at all. And I don't know if you saw that, but I did. Especially on two oh, of those sacks.
2: Oh, absolutely saw it. Uh me and my son he's like, Well, Dad, how come you know, it looks like you know they don't practice kick stepping? I said, Well, kick step kick stepping is only effective if you're able to adjust to a move that a defender is making on you. If you kick step hard back thinking that the defender uh, or rusher is just going upfield, yeah, you'll run right into him and you got him. And then you're going to look all pro. But if he now makes a move and swims or comes under or stops, thanks a swim inside and then comes back outside, your feet have to be able to adjust. And absolutely, they weren't able to do that. I I just never seen line play overall just can't move your feet and again i've been spoiled you know i play with some of the best from doug smith to jackie slater or panky tom newberry it goes on and on so those guys could get after it on the o-line there was nobody just you know very seldom a guy just running loose but today it was just like everybody was running loose
3: yeah and when that's happening you, you go back to coaching at that point, and you go back to personal accountability. So it's not just these guys aren't starters. And game, well, gee, I wonder why they're not starters, by the way. Um, but also that they, I mean, how do I say this? You are the defending Super Bowl champions. How about you act like it? How about every time the ball snaps, you have an attitude that you're not gonna stop until the whistle goes. You're not gonna put her along. You're not you, you get what I'm saying? That's I I'm not saying that this team didn't have effort, but I can say they look awful lifeless out there sometimes.
2: Well, again, I, I you know, I, I'm glad the guys are and, and are making the money they're making. But the more I watch football across the league, not just the Rams and not just today, but you see it across the league as guys get more money, you seem to get less effort. You know, so it was interesting to see even Michael Parsons, who looked like he had a strain or a pull or something, go back in the game, look like he didn't want to. But then you go. Okay, that's a different kind of character because he's like, I might be hobbling. Even though we're winning, I'm going back out there and let's let's see what we can do. But for the most part, yeah, when you see puttering, I just see guys going, hey, man, I'm going to get a nice check on Tuesday. Uh, whenever they get paid now, back in the day, it was, yeah, Tuesday. But it just seems like the urgency across the board, whether it's tackling a guy or whether it's uh, chasing down a guy. You know, I looked at Tyler Higby on that first fumble. He was just kind of running, and then he wasn't running. And it's like, okay, Tyler, the dude is running with the ball. You're not faster than a D lineman. So that, again, to me is effort. Guys are getting paid. They're not putting forth that effort.
3: Yeah, so I'm kind of wondering how this pressure goes. I really am wondering how the postgame we'll, – well, I guess we can go – I mean, I'll check on it real quick now. We went on the air almost immediately after the game was over, so the pro, the post game presser should be starting to happen about any time now. And I really can't wait to see what Sean McVay's answers are because we've talked about before. We talked about last year what we got tired of was the constant, you know, I got to do this. You know, it's my fault. Blah blah blah, and then. Nothing changing. Well, then they won a Super Bowl. <laughs> then they won a Super Bowl. But you got two problems here. The guys you got are clearly not starting for you the way they should be. And two, there's an effort problem. And, I mean, I'm sure someone will have a couple, you know, these are NFL players, this, that, and this, that. Look, you, I saw it. We all saw it out there. And we saw mostly from the offensive line. It doesn't matter how high quality your your quote unquote skill players are, your receivers, your tight ends, your running backs. It doesn't matter a lick if you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league if your trenches aren't right. And I'm talking offensive line. I'm putting this on the offensive line. We can talk about the we can talk about the block, block punt. Okay, I mean that's two already. That's another issue, but. When you can't run the football, your quarterback has no time. How are you supposed to properly employ your offense? Or how bad this offense is right now? This, this, and this. They're getting destroyed. I like this tweet from Jordan Rodriguez, who covers the Rams for athletics. This she, she is what she wrote. This is towards the end of the game Stafford sacked on second down, heavy size. He gets up, then takes a shot on a desperation heave to Allen Robinson with multiple defenders around. It's picked at the goal line. This situation up front is untenable. That last sentence there. This situation up front is
2: untenable. Mike, she's right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm watching a big wit on the Thursday night podcast uh, or uh, the Amazon after game. Uh, Richard Sherman is blowing up, having flashbacks of Russell Wilson, but uh, <laughs> I'm watching Wit, and I'm going, I wonder what Wit thinks about the guys. I'm sure he mentored a lot of them last season or last couple season. You know, I wonder what he's thinking, you know, or, or is it like, Hey dad, they really need you. Or he's like, Hey guys, I love just being here with you guys. Uh, but when you look at it, you got to go, okay, I know these guys are trying, but what is it that it just seems like they're so far behind? I don't know.
3: I mean, it's game five now. You talk about preseason, but we game five. You should be in regular season mode. And I also wonder if the Rams are making a phone call to Mr. Whitworth this week and saying, hey, uh, want to come off the bench? I'm wondering that. And I'm wondering how they're looking at, if they're looking at free agents, if there's anybody available. But, I mean, there's a reason why people are free agents right now instead of playing for one of 32 teams. In other words, there's not a whole lot of help coming.
1: And that makes you go back
3: to that schedule, Mike, and go, um, we got one more games coming up. But this this Rams team can go from being a Super Bowl champion to missing the playoffs. Or worse. That's where they're going right now. And it's all, I mean, the main thing to me is the offensive line. It's, the defense played fine today.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you you look at something, uh, we were pointing out again, we're here commentating on our, our teams back and forth. My wife's a big Cowboy fan, so we're messing with her, but... You know, she got to celebrate a lot today, but when we're looking at her simple, we call them the one-on-one matchups, but opposite teams. You look at Micah Parsons, you look at uh, Aaron Donald. They could not stop Aaron Donald, but we couldn't stop Micah Parsons either, but Aaron Donald was playing like, hey, I'm going to let everyone know, no, it's it's not close. He's a good dude. He's going to be great, but I'm still the guy, so make sure you keep that camera on 99 and watch how I go to work. And sure enough, man, there are three, four guys trying to stop one guy. But I watch on one play where Greg Gaines, you know, gets washed down out of the nose tackle position. He gets washed down all the way outside the tackle. And I'm like, come on, Gaines. You got to be able to hold your gap a little bit better than that. And so we, we got to, we just got to do better, man, all the way around.
3: Yeah, and I'm looking also at our scores today, and we're looking at the Seahawks game where they lost by seven to the Saints. The Seahawks are better than we thought they were going to be. Yeah, yeah. And it's, those two games are not a given now. And then, you know, the, the Cardinals lost by two at home to, to the Eagles. I mean, they're still a decent team. This, this is not going to be an easy run. And down the line, that gauntlet the Rams have – a month from now, a month from now, their schedule, they go to Kansas City. That's one. Later, they go to Green Bay. They'll have Denver at home. By then, I think Denver will have figured out. I mean, they have some tough ones coming up. All these games are tough. This is not an easy schedule. I mean, but they're well. winnable.
2: Well, all the games could be winnable, but again, Carolina, you would hope they don't, you know, understand or lose the understanding. Like, again, one of the things you got to, I'm a little concerned about is you're losing at home. So that's concerning. But again, Frisco seems to have our number. You're going to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay feels they owe you. You're going to play Arizona. Don't forget B hop is going to be back by that game. So that game now could be totally different. You're at new Orleans who came off a big win, to come back. When today, Taysom Hill just went crazy. Uh, and then you follow that up with your at Kansas city. So as you said, it's it, it's not like they're not some winnable games in here, but what is the likelihood if the line play continue as it does? Mm-hmm. Now, here's
3: one thing I do like about the schedule coming up. Can you name one team in the league right now who could really use a bye week more than the Rams? (laughs) So their bye week is after Carolina. Right. And they need that bye week right now. Holy crap, they need that bye week.
2: Oh, most definitely. Most definitely.
3: So the timing is good. The timing is good. I mean, we can be, you know... I, I kept thinking during the game. I had I didn't look at the schedule. I'm like, man, could they really use that bye week right now to reset or anything? Get some, get some people back healthy, man? could they? And then I looked at the schedule. Okay, week seven. So one more game. Can they eke out a win Carolina? And Carolina, by the way, got destroyed today by the Niners at home. So I mean, it's a winnable, very winnable game. The Rams aren't done, but not a whole lot of help is coming for that offensive line. They got to figure it out. And they basically have, in my view, 21 days to figure it out. That's when San Francisco comes in. They don't have to figure it out by then. Uh, we're looking forward to 2023.
2: Now, well, of my dyer, concern- doesn't it? well, the thing is, no, I mean, you're, you're making great points right here. Now, one of my concerns, DC is this, is our quarterback starting to, starting to get a little gun shy, feeling those hits third and four, wide open Schronik, wide open, bounces it in the ground. And it's only because it felt like the pocket was collapsing in, but not really. So my concern is now you got a quarterback. He took some hits today. And again, is he going like, what's it going to be playing a Frisco, Bosa, uh, Tampa Bay. They're pretty front is pretty nice across the front. So, I don't know. You, you start taking hits back there, the game starts changing for you.
3: Well, I also look at it this way. I don't think, I don't think Matthew Stafford's healthy. Watching, watching the replay multiple times again, looking how he's looking at his hand, training his hand. Um, yes, I also he there were a couple of times when he took a hit where he was walking very gingerly afterwards. I don't, you know, everybody gets hurt. I think he's nowhere near as healthy as people think he is, and that happens with getting her I'm not so she's been he's been dealing with this stuff for years going back to Detroit it's not so worried about him getting freaked out by the rush I'm more worried about him being hurt and you know everything if if your arms all of a sudden sore or your elbows sore you may switch your trajectory of your, throwing, of your, of your arm you may make a decision to, to instead of going you know, on our deeper route, may try and cut it short. I mean, there are things you do when you're hurting that you normally wouldn't do. You, and you also, I mean, let's be honest, you lose faith in what you can do when you're hurting.
2: Well, you yeah. make a great point. It was down the stretch in the fourth quarter. We were threatening the score. Uh, I think it's a little over whatever it was, six or seven minutes. He gets hit, but uh, uh, I think it was a defender fifty four. He just kind of hits him, but he pushes him in the chest and he lays on the ground and he grabs his chest area mm-hmm. and he's wincing, uh, laying on the ground. I'm like, okay, you just kind of got pushed. Why are you grabbing your chest like that? So, absolutely, DC. Uh, you know, he may be a lot more banged up again. He had that elbow situation in the uh, in during camp uh, early. First game or so, they haven't said anything about it. Uh, but even on that throw to uh, not Tutu Atwell, uh, but the long bomb early in the game, little underthrown, uh, receiver came back and made a good catch. But yeah, I, I, I have to agree there. there. There's probably a little bit more going on than you know they're going to let let anyone know. Oh, and by the way,
3: a couple quick props here. Tutu Atwell finally. That was a nice catch and run there, the, you know, 54-yard catch. And really honestly, if he had a better throw on an earlier play, he you know, he probably makes that play as well. So congrats to this kid who finally, you know, we've been calling him a bust. So congrats to him. And also, you know, you know some props to, to Cooper Cup. I think we forget how fast that dude is, man. On that 75-yard play. Yeah, he got out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And he was not this fast when he came out. The dude's gotten faster. Like So, props to him. Props to the Rams in that fake punt. That took guts, and they executed well. I mean, they did do some good things. His defense, again, held Dallas 240 yards-ish. Okay. This isn't like the Rams across the board were awful, but... One unit can destroy you. And right now, I really believe that's the offensive line. Everything goes back to the trenches. And we've never seen more evidence of that than we've seen the last two weeks. It's plain and simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this, good sir. Do you have any closing thoughts? I mean, is there anything positive comes to mind as you look ahead now? Because this has been a pre—the last couple podcasts have been kind of down and— and yet this is still a team that has tons of talent.
2: The the positive thing I do see is I think they can run the ball a lot more effectively than they actually are using it. You see, there's time when Cam Akers given the opportunity. And I just think of all the great backs of many errors that going back to the Jim Brown days, those guys need to get that rock. The more times they get it, the more times they can make a play uh but it just doesn't seem like they stick with it long enough and then they do the platooning thing. I think they have to make a decision on is it cam Akers or is it going to be Daryl Henderson and just let those guys, whoever it is go to work and just you know kind of feed them a little bit more, let them, you know, get a feel for a game, be able to to make some plays. But when you kind of go with it, then you switch out the running back and then you don't really go with it. Uh, but that's one of the positives that I don't think anyone sees is I just really think that they can run the ball a little bit better than they are. They just don't stick with it. It's almost like we're only going to run the ball because we don't just want to throw it a hundred times a game. I don't know.
3: I mean, I think they just adjust. I think, I mean, I don't I want to make excuses for, I don't want to make excuses for Sean McVeigh. But I really, really don't think he trusts the offensive line to go out to the box. I mean, we saw this in 2019. And we, th- I mean, you and I were both great. They need to run more screens. They they need to do more things to throw off a pass rush, throw off a, a standard center, center rush. And... They, I, that's what happened today. the The Cowboys adjusted to success. The Rams were having them run the football. And the Rams didn't play chess back. They seeded it. So they did. They just gave it back. They just said, here, okay, fine, you have that. And you can't do
2: that. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, it's pretty obvious if you watch any of these games, There's teams are going to say, hey, man, Cooper Cuff, you're not going to beat us. If you take away the 75-yard long, he had seven uh, receptions for a total of 125. If you take that 75-yarder out, the six other receptions added up to 50 yards. So, But he had 10 targets. Higby had 10. Skronick had eight. And then you go, well, I thought we brought Allen Robinson here to do something. He only had four. How does he only have four? And Skronick has eight, he'd be ten. I so those are the kinds of things when I go, come on, offensive coordinator. You you can't bring a guy who's supposed to be very legit at receiver, and you still can't figure a way to get more guys involved except a few. Unless the quarterback is just choosing to throw to those guys.
3: Well, I think it I think he is in a lot of ways. And I think they they haven't quite get gotten him involved in the offense. That's Robinson. But to Skoranek and Cup. these are guys that that he, that Matt Stafford knows and trusts. And when you're, especially when you're desperate, like when you are running for your life, aren't you more, ten, don't you have a higher tendency to, to go find the people that that have been with you the whole time? I mean, that you trust? That's probably what's happening.
2: Oh, I I would imagine, you know, it's it's it's, you know, uh, we say in a fight, you either fight or flight. And I definitely think that when he feels like he's under pressure, he's going to throw up whether he throws in the coverage or not. He's looking for a certain guy. But I'm just always amazed at guys who have been in the league as long as he has, who knows the the advantage of having multiple people that can you can spread it around again i date myself that's what to me made the 49ers so special is you really couldn't double team certain people you could try but because joe and then when uh steve young took over those guys spread the ball around and so when you're playing against a team like that who's really spreading it doesn't matter backs tight ends third string wide receivers. It didn't matter. I'm throwing to the open guy. And if it's Jerry, cool. If it's Mike Sherrard, cool. If it's uh, Tom Rathman, cool. It it don't matter. I'm going to throw to the open guy. Let's keep moving. Change. So I would just like to see, you know, you may have a safety net you fill in those players, but if you're going to be effective, you have to be able to throw it to more than one or two guys.
3: Yeah, and, you know, let's see what happens. I, I put a lob limb on, on the offensive line, but, I mean, at some point you got to go. You got to roll. And you have to find a way to win. As this is the NFL. We're all professionals. You've said that numerous times, and you got to make the magic happen. All right, folks, time for us to go. Sorry this wasn't a perk of your podcast. We did, we did you know, say a few things that the Rams did well. Um, there's just a lot going on that showing they didn't do so well, and hopefully that changes. But, you know, the Panthers coming in. Hope we have a good, good show for you this week. Before we uh, head out for that game, follow Mike on Twitter at one do 23 Follow me on Twitter at DCApollo. You can find all of our podcasts, anywhere podcast can be found. And until next time, we're out of here. Have a great one.